tripping. I never that bad. How you doing some wild yeah. shit like you know, that? She yeah. wanted it, so you have to get. I just try to satisfy the ladies, you know? You already know. You already know. <laughs> I, I had a question. I had a question. Yeah, what's up? What's up? Who's your top five? Who's your top five? What? You talking about top five females? All right, all right so it's going to be Stacey Dash. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about rap. Like, I'm talking about oh. the top five rappers. Okay, okay, okay. So I definitely got to start off with Pop. You already know. Um, Pop, that's that real nigga. He always felt his mind. You know what I'm saying? He had no, two no, sides no, 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 no. Not just talking Biggie. Not talking oh. Biggie. Oh, okay. Not talking Biggie. Talking Biggie is like the, the Jesus of fucking rap, okay? Like, if somebody asks you who's your favorite pastor, you're not going to say Jesus. People just going to look at you stupid. Okay, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. They'll be like, we're not talking. We're not you're including stupid. them. So please don't include you're stupid. them. So all right, all right, all right. Top five. Okay, okay. So my top five. All right, first, you know, I definitely got to start with the boy Hov. You know what I'm saying? Hov got to be on that okay, list. Okay, okay. Uh, number two, uh -huh. I definitely got to say my dog, Jada Kiss. Jada oh, Kiss, give Jada. me the bar. You know what I'm saying? Jada Kiss and Freddie. You already know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, number three, Nas. Okay. Nas here Jones, you know what I'm saying? You already know, you know? I don't know if he beat Jay inside that, you know, whole situation. You know but, he got him. Go you know he list. got him. Stop okay, playing. Why do you think about this one, huh? Hurry up, man. Hurry up, man. You my I definitely gotta say KRS one. Don't okay, ask me why, uh, man. You, you talking about old niggas? Nigga on the list. I had to, man. Y'all gotta put him on the list. I gotta put him on the list. Respect, respect. All right, all right. Respect, respect. Last one. The last. Okay, one, I'm about man. to get to that. I'm about to get to all my last right, one. My up. last one is fucking DMX. Point blank. Period. DMX. Wait, what's? Why you laughing? It's the DMX. What's wrong with DMX? Um, you know this. Nigga came up with a Christmas carol, right? He got nah, a Christmas man. carol last night, you know Stop man? playing, fool. Like, nah, stop playing with me. Stop joking with me, dog. Yeah, this is true. DMX, you know what I'm saying? I know, I know. The roughest, toughest niggas. Yonkers, I, I you know what I'm saying? Yonkers. I'm okay, okay. This okay. is the roughest, toughest. He ain't got no damn All Christmas right. carol. Stop fucking with me. Yo, I'm about, I'm about to put this on. I'm going to just put it on. I'm sorry to hurt your feelings and kill your child. Put this on. The fuck is this? Stop playing. Stop playing. Stop stop playing. Stop playing. What the fuck? It's real. Stop playing. No. You know this part. You know this part. You ever say it, Glow? Fuck, fuck. This is not real, man. Stop playing with me. This is not real. This is your idol. This is your idol. Man, fuck you, nigga. Streaks on the fucking toilet yesterday night, man. Yo, whoa, you, nigga? chill, nigga. Calm Dirty ass, ass Hershey stained boxes inside whoa. the washing machine. Think I'm gonna wash right after whoa, you, nigga? nigga come you think I'm gonna wash down. after you, nigga? You been sucking tens for ten cents trying hey, yo, to pay chill, right. that yo, shit chill, don't add up, nigga. Yo, what the fuck? You just going off on me like that, nigga? I just asked you who your fucking top. Nigga, I just asked you who your fucking top five is. How fuck you gonna go snap at me like that shit? I'm tired of this my shit, bad. nigga. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, but for real though, for real though. Who's your top five? You. Ah, what? Get out my face, man. What? Sorry, man. I apologize. Time to get paid. Time to get paid. Time to get paid. Time to get paid. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. Every single way. Every single way. Every single way. Every single way. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day.
don't that they do it to me and I'm for sure don't want that they do it to other people because it's not okay. People that are different don't need to be criticized about it because it's not their fault. But if you are made fun of, just don't, don't let it bother you. Just stay strong, I guess. It's hard. But I'll probably get better one day. Welcome, 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 welcome to the greatest podcast in the motherfucking universe. This your boy Zen Folk, the Zenist of all the podcast hosts in the world. Right now, what you was just hearing is the heartbreaking video addressing bullying by none other than Keaton Jones. It was a viral, viral hit as soon as it hit the internet. A kid who has some type of disability talking about how he gets bullied by other kids in his school is really heartbreaking. You know what I'm saying? Because you never want to see that. He was born the way he was born. But without a plot, there can't be a twist. So anyways, come to find out his parents are seems to be a white supremacist. I mean, they have photos of the dad with his tattoos. He was also with the two thunderbolts that make a swastika. The dad's in prison right now. Um, the mom was holding the Confederate flag and she said it was a joke. How can that be a joke? Tell me how that joke. How is this is funny? I don't understand how this is funny. Ha ha ha. I have a Confederate flag. The irony. I don't know. The question I present is how can you preach against hate and you also preach towards it how can you be against hate and then you preach hate i'm not sure man but let me give let me give her a chance to explain herself okay and then you guys come up with your own thing and i'll give my little two cents this is her explaining that whole situation hey kimberly jones is being called out over these photos showing her keaton and other family members posing with the Confederate flag. I know that this story has also brought some unwanted attention towards you, talking about the Confederate flag pictures. I can't take it back. If I could, I would. At the time I posted it, I didn't know anyone would ever see it, but now I'm sorry. I am sorry. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, you piece of A sorry piece of I'm not gonna lie to you. I could just give you my PC answer and be like, yo, it's okay, it's not the kid. Uh, you know saying it's not like he's his parents and everything, but he was in the photos as well I can't put blame. He's a young kid and he's heavily influenced by the people he grows up with but honestly I Was feeling that way. I was like this kid. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I apologize I apologize if I'm wrong for that But you know, that's how I feel naturally if you're black you're gonna understand what I feel man when somebody's just on some racist shit, it's like you're contradicting yourself once again, but until I heard what these kids actually did to him, I was like, holy They pour milk on me and put ham down my clothes and throw food at me. Why did you make that video? To inspire people that, people that are bullied that like it, it's gonna get better. Well, you bring up an interesting point, Mr. Keaton Jones. And though we appreciate you posting this heartfelt video, it seems to me that it is not getting better. It seems like they gonna keep picking on you and that's really messed up because I guess he's in elementary school or middle school but either or he's getting roasted that's some of the most serious roasting years ever and the most gruesome kids can be 
the little demonicness is like that's when the devils is really shining around those age groups so shout out to keaton jones and i hope everything is better with you man but damn it doesn't look like shit's getting better i don't know what your mom was trying to do with that gofundme she said that she denounced that i mean they said that she denounced it that she had no, no parts in that gofundme and she, people should give it to um organizations that prevent bullying and things like that but damn keaton jones your last name is jones your dad's in jail and you know if you was black they would have had a ball with you and with that being said please keep your guard up and at worst man just start swinging man because the quicker you realize that the better it's gonna be and r.i.p ashanti davis a young lady who killed herself she i think she was in the second or third grade or something like that and because of bullying she ended up killing herself i don't even know the details but i saw her name and i saw her picture and i was just like wow and this happened about two weeks ago so r.i.p ashanti davis uh keaton jones keep your head up hopefully uh you can learn something from this with the backlash that's happening um hopefully you don't get bullied because that's not right regardless it's not right to get bullied and to be bullied but don't allow getting bullied man just don't allow it man just start swinging back man you don't got nothing to lose man seriously bullies shout out to inside edition for that audio but next i wanted to touch on this interview that the breakfast club just had if you haven't seen it it's the kevin hart interview which we know he spoke about his infidelities when he got caught in vegas he said he was slipping he had his team with him etc etc uh, we know the story behind it he's selling the book and also promoting irresponsible i think is another tour he wants to go international he touched on some points saying that um sometimes we fuck up and it's up to the relationship in order for it to how it goes i don't know like how it, it's, it's up to the people in the relationship to deal with the whole situation and he he accepts his fuck-ups because he always wants to show his kids that if you do something wrong face it and handle it because he don't want to make it seem like he's running away from it you know what I'm saying because then he'll be a hypocrite to his kids so uh respectably you know you may agree or disagree but the thing that i got at the interview was i didn't know how mad he was with uh michael blackson i was extremely surprised because because these two are comedians from my knowledge from watching the interview of course they are close friends and he really didn't appreciate how Michael Blackson was joking about it during the situation. You know what I'm saying? He felt like he was kicking him down. Uh, it was slightly vicious and he's still going through the situation. So, eh, it might be touchy and this might touch bro code. You know what I'm saying? You, you might be messing it up. So, here's the audio. Michael Blackson. Here, here's an example. That, that's I'm, a perfect one. Listen, I love Michael Blackson. Mike turned into the, the the Instagram model that just shows her ass that's looking for love. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hart, what the f what? Mike, I'm your guy. But now you're looking for likes because the conversation of Kevin Hart drives attention to you. Hmm. An Instagram model showing her ass. There's no way you can talk to your homeboy like that without him responding, which he does, but I'm going to play that later. But does Kevin make a point? Show the bro, should the bro code take full effect when it comes to serious relationship matters and at the same time michael blackson do like make comedic efforts on instagram when serious situation happened like the tyrese etc etc uh i don't know this is this is what michael blackson does so it's hard for us fans to really get mad about it but he said that 
he talked to Michael Blackson in a certain level where he was sensitive and delicate about a situation that he was going through and then in return Michael Blackson does this so it kind of make it kind of tears it off a little bit you know what I'm saying it's not the type of friend that he just kept his distance he really know him personally is he wrong is Michael Blackson wrong for doing that is he violating any code or is he just doing his job he's a comedian and Kevin Hart is too sensitive well whatever you may think Michael Blackson still had a response I'm gonna play it right here Kevin Hart you chihuahua face gorilla looking toddler bill bitch so what I make fun of your little scandal I had a it took you three months to respond to me. You know what I've done in three months? I've traveled the country twice, sold out thousands of shows, 10,000 bitches, roasted 20,000 and still made time to be kidnapped by Tyrese. And that's a few little sidekick instigator, that breakfast club that I'm about to eat for dinner. Yes, you Charlamagne, you off-brown bitch, rap bone face, Sammy Sosa, Charlotte Jermaine Jackson, Brooke Shields looking ass Damn. That's how you feel? Shit! Yo, Michael Blackson was going on fire just now. Holy shit! My man. That's how you feel? Anyways. Man, he went after Charlemagne. He went after Kevin. I mean, goodness Christ, he just went in. Alright, my final thought about this whole situation. Um, if it's a close friend of yours, you should give him the courtesy and call them, man. As much as I love Michael Blackson, I wish he put on the material. As a fan, I wish he, I, I hope he did exactly what he did. He ranked on him and everything like that. He probably thought it would make him feel a little bit better, take the situation a little lighter. Who knows? But uh, from what Kevin is saying, they kind of know each other in a deep level. Kevin don't really know that much people in a deep level like The Rock and things like that. So other than The Rock, excuse me. So yeah, my personal opinion, of course you should have gave the man a call, but at the same time, he's a co comedian, so probably the only way he knows how to make you feel better is to be comedic, or he should have did that on the phone too. I don't know, man. It, it, this gets touchy. A lot of people feel a certain way, but I mean, you're not in a situation, you don't know him personally, y'all don't have a friendship, y'all don't have a bond, you know what I'm saying? When your friends start talking reckless, you're going to feel a certain way, so he has the right to feel how he feels. And yeah, man, uh, Michael Blackson, this is not bullying. Because I think Kevin Hart's going to come back. And he, he did throw shots at him. Call him Instagram model. He expected. He, he should expect this. I hope this starts a comedy war. Okay? I hope it starts a comedy war. Okay, guys. So, I was just given seven more charges uh, by the state attorney's office. Uh, and I have a court date on the 15th. So, I would ask uh, that everyone come to support me and to show the positive influence that I have. I ask that the people that do come, come bearing uh, positive energy and just to be a good support to me and just to simply show that I do positively affect the world and that I'm not a decreasement to the value of the world. Well, for those who didn't hear the details of this case, he recently was in jail for a domestic uh, violence count. Yeah, I think that's what it was. He had a domestic violence count for beating up his pregnant girlfriend and what caused him to get several more charges is because the girlfriend wrote to the court saying that she wanted to drop the charges and i guess the feds dig deeper into it and said there was some signs of witness tampering now though i don't know if any of this is true um x has denied that he ever put his hands on his girlfriend uh it's kind of weird it's a crazy situation but without uh, all said or do he's in jail right now he doesn't have bail um he went to court recently and that's it now he's stuck in there um right before he left he put out an ep called the ghetto christmas carol 
and it was bumping a little bit i didn't get to really thoroughly listen to it i'm gonna give you guys a review of that of course but um outside of that you know we hope in the good day podcast that x keep your head up i'm always gonna support somebody who's born on my birthday and also is from down south though he's not from miami-dade county he is from broward county shout out to them broward boys shout out to them broward females shout out to miami-dade dudes shout out to the miami-dade females you know what i'm saying shout out to all of y'all you know what i'm saying but um yeah definitely keep your head up i don't know what you're gonna do about the hair dye situation because i don't think you could dye your hair in jail so he might come out with like black and gray hair i guess i don't know and it's not because he's been there too long and hopefully you don't stay long so you can come back to your fan base and keep giving this dope music and be bigger than you ever was before and then hopefully you and uh slump god in this period of time could mend that broken friendship you know what I'm saying because he stepped back and maybe you need this time to just think a little bit hopefully you're not there too long because i don't wish jail on nobody i don't wish i was in jail to think about anything okay anything you feel me so keep your head up x and hopefully you're not there for your birthday. I wish I could celebrate it, man. I wish you had like a concert throwing it around our birthday, you feel me? Anyways, the next thing I want to touch on is Tay K. Now you guys heard about Tay K in this podcast earlier. Uh Tay K was convicted, like I don't know how many charges he got now, but I think it's like two uh murder charges and he was just an accomplice. The first one, his friend shot up a, a car, he beat up an old man, and also they said that he was on the line for murder but it's coming to it's coming out that he probably didn't pull the trigger to shoot the person inside the home robbery it was said that he was out i was like how the hell he's out he can't be out niggas don't come out of jail after doing that murder you know what I'm saying? especially in texas he's from texas man he's from texas he's a wild boy man he even had footage of him riding um riding while somebody got shot up on top of the car this is ridiculous i was like how they let this dude out but it was a false allegation they said not allegations excuse me it was false he is not out he's still here but one positive thing about his case is that um he got signed to a record label the same one as ybn number namer and they i guess they they did it in a package i guess they wanted to sign take they signed ybn Namer. i don't even know how that coincides with each other but both of them are internet hits with really popping ass songs that was on this podcast take of course having the race and of course ybn Namer. Namer, Namer, not Namir, Namer, um, having rubbing off the paint. They both killed those songs. And just for shits and giggles, I'm going to just play the remix of the Take A The Race and I'm going to give my comments about it. Fuck a beat, I was trying to beat a face. Turn on. Put it in your mouth, I high taste. Look, bitch, back in, nigga, that's a hundred K. Oh, God. Four shows, nigga, I can buy a race. My street cred platinum ain't nothing fake. Turn on. Put up to the slut, walk with a cake, bitch. You a internet gangster, I'm an eight Young Savage Zone 6, E8, God. Hundred round drum hanging off the drape. Instagram live, got him killed, broad day, God. You can have the pussy, I want the face. I ain't trying to cuff you, I don't want no cake. Very interesting verse. It sounded right. I didn't play the other guy because I didn't like it, just to be honest. I don't even know what his name Young Cody or something. Uh, Young Nudie. That's a weird name. But hopefully, um, yeah, shout out to you, young dude. You got the opportunity. So what this, what makes this interesting is that TK got signed to a deal. And how the heck he's going to redeem that deal Haven't we met if he's before? probably never coming back out? How he's going to make money for this record label if he's never coming back out? So it looks like they got a lot of unreleased TK songs. And they're going to put a lot of people on there for featuring or put a compilation together and make an album. Because... 
they can make money off of that. They can recoup all their money um, by doing that. And also, if they sign YBN Namur, it kind of aligns with the same type of crowd in the same category so they could feed that crowd. So it's presumably said that they're just going to have features on it. As you heard, 21 Savage is on it. Um, and they're going to have people on it so they can recoup that money and maybe make remixes so they can have like 21 Savage probably perform it or other people. Maybe Namur is going to do one too. Who knows? But uh, yeah, he's making money in jail and he has suspended because the lawyer fees is going to be extremely serious. He's He's crazy. He has a couple of counts, a couple of crazy felonies, violent felonies, and he's fighting in Texas where he's facing capital punishment. That's the key word, capital punishment. This dude is not probably coming out anytime soon. And once again, um, it's not a jail segment, but keep your head up, Tay-K. Uh, I don't know if any of this is true, but it sounds crazy as hell. You know what I'm saying? Stay your ass in jail, Tay-K, or get out. Because, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm not a victim. I don't know if it was my family. This nigga murked them. I would hope he get the death penalty as well. But, you know, we like his music. And a lot of people and a lot of his fans want him out. So, you know, keep your head up, Tay-K. Hopefully, these allegations aren't true. And, you know, hopefully the right things happen. So, in this segment is the Good Day Q&A, where we're going to answer some questions from our listeners, from email, people I see in person, and all that mess. Without further ado, Good Day Q&A. Question number one, have you ever bought a present for someone and didn't like it? No, that has never happened in my whole life. Or else they probably didn't tell me. My parents probably didn't like the little drawings I did. Them shits was ugly as hell. But they loved me. So they had to keep that. They had to take that L. Easy. But it's funny because my brother did give my other brother a chunk of coal for Christmas. That shit was funny as fuck. That shit was hilarious. Second question. Three wishes from a genie. What would they be? <sighs> infinite money. Infinite health. Oh, so let me just make it kind of well infinite wealth in infinite health and bring my loved ones back from the dead so they could celebrate with me that would be probably my three wishes yep and i'll probably i'll practically be happy if someone dropped money would you claim it or give it back it depends how broke I am. If I'm really broke, then that nigga's not getting his money back. But I do believe in karma, but that day, like, my karma already bad. I need something to lift me up a little bit. That nigga's not getting his money back. But if it's a good day, I just get paid. You get, man, take this, man. You can take it. If you and a friend wanted the same thing, would you let the friend get it first? Not if it's food. Not if it's food. I would not give that nigga shit first. No. All my friends know this already. No, I would not give it to him first. But anything else, yeah, they could almost have. Almost. Next question, craziest thing you've done with someone you was with? Man, I remember I was up in the telly. Boy, I was hitting that shit so good, man. That thing And then that shit Man, I couldn't believe it. That was everywhere. We was all night long. I mean, all night long. But that's as much as I'm going to give you because I can't be exposing people like that. Next question, what would you refuse to do for a million dollars? I will refuse to sell my soul. If you could go back in time, where would you go? I would go back whenever they decided to do slavery and stop all of that shit. Or 
go back when they were signing the declaration and have my black cats there sign it, you know, saying get our rights, get all this stuff. Cause we won't need uh, reparations or none of that stuff. So I would definitely get that. If you could bring someone back from the dead, who would it be? No brain of my mom. Immediately, with the quickness. Full form, youthful and young. I love you, mommy. Miss you. Mwah. One thing you wanted to do as a kid but never got. Those electronic uh, little little machines that you get. Like the cars. The little cars that's um like, you know, it was electronic and then you could drive it around. By the time my dad found one of them, um, I was too big for it. I was way too big. I got way too much. I was pressing the little thing and it was it was really hurting the battery. And I think it just died because my big ass was pressing that shit too much trying to make it work. It just didn't work, man. It sucked. If you had to pick one of your friends to put in a mental institution, who would it be? Um, I'm not sure. They're not my friends like that, but definitely one of my exes, hands down. Any one of them, you can put them in rotation. You and your girlfriend comes up with $10,000. What would you do? I would save that bitch. I'm lying. We eating good for that month, We, we that week. Uh, I might put a down payment on something. You know what I'm saying? Might try to buy a, a whip or something like that. But yeah, I'll probably do something real adult. But the beginning, the first two stacks will just be pure, you know what I'm saying? Get her Apple, iMac and all that stuff. And you know what I'm saying? That's what I'll do. And then the rest will just go down a down payment on a car, home, something like that. Favorite nickname from a girlfriend? Moby D That's right, that's right. The best gift you've ever received. Uh, Maybe a Dreamcast, if I had to share that. Um, I remember after graduation, my brother gave me a gold watch, which I don't know where it's at now. I lost it in Orlando somewhere. That's, that's what happens when you keep fucking around. All right. Is sex necessary for a relationship? Hell yes. Hell yes, man. What the hell? I'm young. Now, if I was like 80 years old, I don't know, because I'm not there yet. But yes, for right now, yes. Hell yes, man. Forget what anybody say. You could talk all day, man, but even you don't want to talk like that. Why you want? I don't want to talk all day, man. I don't want to talk all day. You know what I'm saying? Last question. Is water wet? Who the fuck put this question in here? That's fucked up. Who, who the hell put this question in here? Yes, water is damn wet. I came up with my theory, okay? People say, okay, unless you take your hand out, that's when it becomes wet. So now this is my theory, is that the question shouldn't be, is water wet? Um, it should be, can is water considered wet when it's with water as well? Like if you put water in a cup and you add more water, is, the, is it more wet? I don't think so. But I think when you take another substance or element, I don't know what you'll say, Another type of, you know what I'm saying, there's solid, liquid, and gas. If you take another one of those and put it into water, it can become wet. It can be considered wet. Like if I take a ball and I dip it in water, it can become wet. But if I pour oil inside water, which is which are both liquids, oil doesn't get wet. It just remains and it does its own thing. It just sits on top of the water because it's two different elements. So my question is, yeah, uh, my answer, excuse me, is that when it comes to objects, yes, water is wet when it comes to other objects but when it comes to water itself can is water considered wet within its own i say no it doesn't so there you go i gave you the question i gave you the answer to that question man so start go ahead tell your friends and everything man because i figured it out man you know what I'm saying this shit's deep but you know thank you for listening this is a quick questionnaire it was really interesting hot topics and everything like that but i want to end it off with a speech from lisa nichols I think her name is Lisa Nicole. That's how it looks. But I know her from The Secret. 
um, she gets really deep, you know what I'm saying, about self-endurance and all those stuff, self-esteem, and you know how she boosted herself up from being where she did not want to be and then pushing herself in order, uh, writing herself a check saying that it's funded to her dream for three years and then eventually going back to that same bank and it being $67,000 and she wasn't poor again. After that moment, she just went full throttle. So, and also lost a lot of weight, looks beautiful, everything like that. So please, this is Lisa Nicole. And before we go, please follow Zen underscore folk, hip underscore Zen and all the other co-hosts. I will have that information up in the description. Thank you for listening. We love you. And remember, always remember, have a good day. Namaste. So I love the conversation that we get to have. I love where the conversation gets to go. We're talking about biohacking and, and how you get to change your reality, how you get to control and design it. And I think that's wonderful because I think we're doing that. I know I've been doing it much longer than I knew the word. I've been designing and redesigning and redesigning. Anyone else? And redesigning and redesigning. Come on, hold your hands up high if that's you. And redesigning and redesigning and redesigning, right? Um, and looking at the blueprint called me and what works and what doesn't work and embracing what works and embracing what didn't work and accepting that some things will be for a season and that a season could be three months, three years, or 13 years, and then redesigning it. Not only financially, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And so, today I want to address how do you biohack the fear? And it's funny that I would be having this conversation because for so long, I wasn't afraid of my possibility of failing. I was afraid that, that it might work. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm in the right room. Make sure I, I, I made a right where I should have made a right, up those heels. And so, I just want to, for a moment, I want us to be okay talking about fear. Because when we talk about it, we can disseminate it, we can minimize it into the nothingness that it always was. But first we have to be willing to step into it. And this conversation, when you talk about biohacking, changing our body, changing the way it operates for us, if that has not been my journey, OMG. But I also have to biohack my mindset around money. Anybody else? That's a good thing for right. And I have to also biohack my mindset around my worthiness of long-term love. Anybody about that? Oh, I'm so in the right room with all my brothers and sisters. And so many things biohack my conversation, my belief around me as a black woman being able to touch the world and touch people of other cultures from 38 different countries that I'm worthy of that like constantly, and as you chip away, and no one change, no one transformation happens all at once. So it's not a 180-degree turn. It's not like you have this amazing breakthrough, the ceiling opens up, lights come down, and you hear the angels sing, oh, you are now changed. It just, uh-uh, it just ain't happening like that. It's going to be in small, needlepoint moves. And my prayer for you 
is that in this time that we have together, that I help to create a small needlepoint move for you. And then if we choose to play together more and learn from each other more, then I can create another needlepoint move for you. But I know that today, my life is barely recognizable. Say barely recognizable. I like the way you put that B, barely recognizable. It's barely recognizable, one needlepoint move at a time. And so I, when I look at the conversation that shows up around fear, it's so powerful. Fear is the one thing that will keep you paralyzed. If you notice, whenever someone is frightened you, like you walk in a room and someone scares you, you go, and until you know you're okay, you don't breathe again. And then you go, oh, you scared the daylights out of me, right? Nothing starts moving until the fear has moved away, unless we have and we shift our relationship to fear. So I want to pose and and I want to create the possibility of actually shifting our relationship to fear. Can we we entertain that idea? Yes or yes? Yes, yes. Okay, hold on. Let me tell you guys a little something about me. So I'm a dialogue kind of girl. I like, I'm not here to entertain y'all, though I will be entertaining. (laughs) I'm here for your breakthrough. I'm not here just to do you. I'm here, I'm not here to just talk to you. I'm here for a conversation. So some of you know me, you know that I like yes, yes. Let me tell you why. When I'm in church and I say something they love, they say, amen, but we're not in church. When I'm with my girls and I say something something that they like, they say, oh, you go girl. But don't worry, I'm not going to do that to you. I, I know you're in the front row. I know you'd hang with me. I know you'd hang with me, but I won't do it to you. When I say something that resonates with you, I want you to say yes, yes. I want that second yes to be louder than the first yes. I want that second yes to make you have to sit up in your chair a little bit. Now, this isn't a shtick I do. This isn't just something I do to have the Lisa Nichols brand. I'll tell you why I do it in a minute. But I want you to play full out. I want that second yes to cost you something. I want that first yes here. I want that second yes here. Let's try it on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, yes. See, only AFIS starts out like that. <laughs> oh, my God. When I'm like at Wells Fargo, oh, my God, or Prudential, or I'm like, they're like, yes, yes. I'm like, dude, loosen your tie. Like, I said, scream it. They're like, yes, yes. I'm like, no, no. So I want that second yes to be a yes that you didn't expect to say this morning when you got up and got dressed. I want that second yes to come from your belly. I want that second yes to be that yes that you own unapologetically. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Yes, yes. Every time I say something that resonates with you, I want you to say. Yes, yes. Every time you hear your truth, I want you to say, yes, yes. Every time you hear something, even if it stings and don't feel good, I still want you to say, yes, yes. Even if your neighbor's not participating, (laughs) I still want you to say, yes, yes. And when we leave this room and you go and you have dinner and you dance and someone says something that feels good to you, I want you to say, yes, yes. And even when you leave this place and something feels good to your soul, I still want you to say, I want to hear you all the way from Cali, I want you to say. Yes, yes. And even when you have a dream and you don't know how you're going to get there, but you know what the dream is, I still want you to hear yourself say. Yes, yes. With no one being your witness. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. 
I'm not gonna keep doing this. It's your turn. Even if no one agrees with you, still say. Yes, yes. Even if you have to walk alone, still say. Yes, yes. Even when it feels like you have no idea how you're gonna make it happen, still say. Yes, yes. And let me tell you why the second yes is higher than the first yes. Because the first yes is to you. It's to your dream. The first yes is that idea that you can contain in your head. The second yes is to the calling on your life. That second yes is to the biggest version of you that you haven't even seen yet. That second yes is going to cost you something. That second yes is going to require you to let go of some old toxic habits and some old toxic beliefs. It's going to require you to release some of the fear you have and hold on to your passion. That second yes is going to require you to become someone you haven't even seen yet. It's going to require you to say the things you haven't said and do the things you haven't done so that you can become the man, the woman you've always known yourself to be. Yes. That was the cue up. That was your first test. You get it. You passed. And so that second yes has to be a, lo- a little bit louder and sometimes a lot louder than the first yes, depending on where you're stepping into your next season. And so I just stopped by. Seven days ago, I was in Australia. Yeah. On my Aussies. And uh, five days ago, I was in Cincinnati. And three days ago, I was in Cali. And then I got on a plane, came here, and jumped right on stage as I landed. And when I leave here on Monday, I'm home for a couple of days, and then I go to New York. I literally just stopped by. But I stopped by to ignite your fire. I stopped by to have you confront fear. I stopped by to have you look at what it's cost you and to make a bold declaration the next time it rises up, you rise up a little bit higher than it. I stopped by for you to no longer make fear your enemy, but make make fear your fuel. Yeah, just yell it. You don't have to wait for my permission. You can, you can yell yes, yes over me. I don't mind. I stopped by to redefine fear. Yes, yes. To redefine it. Because fear is an emotion like any other emotion. Fear is an emotion like love, like compassion. Fear is an emotion. We just gave it more power. Mm. Yes, yes. We just gave it more power. Compassion, oh, that's nice. Fear, ooh. We, made, we gave it a meaning. And some of you know you've heard this before, that fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is just a story. Get this. Fear is a story that you've told yourself about something that might happen in the future. That you have zero evidence that it will happen, but it's causing a visceral effect in your body. Now it's time to literally biohack the impact that fear has had on you. That fear no longer becomes your fortress. Fear becomes your fuel. Fear is that thing that pushes you forward. Fear is the thing that reminds you, oh, I need to go get more information. Oh, fear will keep you up at night studying. Fear will take you to a coach or a mentor. Fear will cause you to eat a slice of humble pie. Fear is not your enemy. Fear is your friend. Fear reminds you that you have not arrived to the top of the mountain, that you are still climbing with the rest of us. Fear is your friend. What have you allowed it to do in your life? Some of you have allowed fear to have you stand on the edge of your greatness and look like you're about to jump into a game of double dutch. 
Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Keep turning. Hold on. Hold on. I'm about to jump in right now. Hold on. I got to wait till the kids graduate from high school. Come on, y'all. You got to say yes, yes when I say it. Hold on. Hold on. I'm about to jump in. I'm about to jump into my greatness. I just got to wait till I earn more money. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Come on, you guys. Hold on. I'm about to jump into my greatness. I have to lose a little weight. Hold on. That was just me? No, come on. Come on. I'm about to jump into my greatness. Hold on. I got to wait, wait till the right time. Like, and all of a sudden you see life. Life is turning, going, hurry up. Jump in. We want you to play with us. And you're going, hold on, I'm about to get it all together. And fear is that thing that has you constantly rocking back and forth. Yes, yes? Yes, yes? Yes, yes? Yes, yes? Well, I just came by to inspire you to jump. I, I came by. Fear is the willingness to hold concern, question, and doubt in one hand. But courage is the willingness to hold passion in the other. You're waiting to be without fear to jump in. And do you know it's the very fear that will make you so deliciously beautiful at what you're doing? Because you're going to study. You're going to stay up. I've walked the majority of my life with some form of fear inside of me. I've done the majority of the things I've done with some form of fear inside of me. See, when my son was eight months old and I couldn't afford to put pampers on him because I didn't have any money to buy pampers, so I wrapped him in a towel for two days. I looked down at my son, riddled with fear, and I made a promise because before I would hold on to the fear, I was holding on to the passion. I said, Jelani, don't worry. Mommy will never be this broke again. And with a belly full of, full of fear and a heart full of passion, I begin to redesign the experience called Lisa Nichols. Yes, yes, yes. So I just stopped by to ask, are you willing to redesign and to up-level the design, the experience called you? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? How big would you play if you knew that you can survive any heartbreak, any breakdown, any betrayal? What would you do if the things that you were afraid of you knew were absolutely nothing? They were all opportunities for you to get stronger in your faith, stronger in your resiliency. What would you do? Who would you love? How big would you play? Where would you leap? Hmm. And the bigger question is how would the world benefit differently? How would the world benefit differently because who you've decided to be? How would the world be a better place to live because fear didn't have you standing on the edge? What would you do if you were told that you get to do it afraid, that you don't have to wait for the fear to leave, that when you get an action, the fear has to dissipate into the nothingness that it always was? What would you do? How would life be different? How would the world be a better place to live? Oh, I didn't come to keep you comfortable. I came for your breakthrough. I came to challenge you to play in the biggest field you've ever played in. 
I came for you to challenge the fear that might be inside of you and to redesign and reprogram it. You look at it long enough, you be with it intimately enough, and it has to dissipate. You are the designer of your destiny. You are the author of your autobiography. You write the story of your life. No one can write your financial story. No one can write your spiritual story. No one can write your emotional story but you. The pen has always been in your hand. The pen has always been in your hand. I say write a story that's going to be damn good to read. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And when you do that, you will have to reprogram the fibers of your being. You will have to become someone you've never been before. You want to go somewhere you've never gone? You got to do something you've never done. You got to say something you've never said. You got to go to a place in you that you've never even been. You get to redesign. You are your Michelangelo. You are your greatest sculpture. And you get to recarve and you get to up-level as much as you need. You're not sentenced to this life this way. You chose it. Newsflash. Y'all didn't say yes, yes too fast. So now I'm like, damn, for real? Yes, yes. And what I love about that is that you get to choose as much as you want. You get to design it any way you choose. You're not sentenced to your future. You have an opportunity to your future. What do you want and how do you want it? And if it doesn't make you a little afraid, then you ain't playing big enough. It's supposed, your, your knees are supposed to knock a little bit. Your teeth are supposed to chatter a little bit. There's supposed to be at least two butterflies in your stomach. At least. Because if not, you're playing inside your comfort zone. And we mistake the fact that we're supposed to be comfortable 24-7. Well, let me tell you something. Comfortable is equivalent to complacent. I'll choose inconvenience every day, any day, to make a difference on the planet. I don't mind being mildly to moderately to significantly inconvenienced to leave my fingerprint on this planet. Yes, yes? Yes, yes? So I just came to talk to the game changers and to the change agents who are willing to confront any part of you that's not speaking to your madly, wildly amazing future. Confront it. I'm, I came to talk to the change agents that are interested in, in evicting. Say evicting. 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 And ev evicting is like a hard word. Like, it just comes out. Evict. That's like get out now. That's not like leave or escort away. Like, you even say evict hard. Like, Evict. I came to talk to the game changers that are interested in evicting, say evicting, any fear that doesn't speak to your wild future. I just came, I came for that. I came for you to confront it, for you to get a little angry at it, for you to get a little pissed off at it. Say, wait a minute. I've been letting you drive me all this time and you are a story that I made up about the future that doesn't even really exist. When you say I'm afraid of failure, you just made up a story about the future that doesn't even really exist. You, are you guys getting that? Yes, you guys got to understand. When you said I might get hurt in the next relationship, you made up a story about the future that doesn't even exist yet. Yes, Does yes. that make sense? And you're powerful. And any story you make up is true to you. But it's only true to you. And then you live out that story because you want to be right. Yes, yes. yes. yes, yes. yes, yes. 
You don't want to be wrong. You want to be right. So you make up a story, you project, project it in the future, and then you live it out until it's true. Like, see, I told you guys. I told you guys. You'll like work really hard to make that story right. I just want you to know that. So I just stopped by to invite you to design a new story. I stopped by to remind you that the pen has always been in your hand, that no one else can write your story but you. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I want to write a story that when I get ready to sit down in my final years and there's nothing else I could do, that I go back and I just want to read my story. And I go, wow, I remember when I was afraid. And then I know on the next page, I jumped anyway. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And then I read the next chapter and I go, whoa, that really scared the heck out of me. And I know what's going to happen on the next page. I did it anyway. Yes, yes. God, I want to write a story full of leaping and running and jumping and serving and playing full out and falling and skinning my knees and scraping my face and hurting my heart. Because if that's the only way I can hurt and fall and scrape is to play full out, then I'll take the hurt. Because what I'm really afraid of and what you're really afraid of is getting to the end of your day, to the end of your life, and having something left to give. Saying, damn, I played safe versus full out. Mmm, I'd rather have a skinned knee. I'd rather have a skinned chin. I'd rather be tired. I'd rather have a bunch of failures because I took the leap than a bunch of potential because I sat down. I just stopped by to challenge your greatness. I stopped by to remind you of who you were always designed to be. I don't know if they wanted me to stay on that stage. I can do whatever I want. It's my party. But next 20 minutes is my party. I just want to be close to you. I want to remind you See, I'm that same woman. I'm that same woman that my highest grade in school was a C plus. And I think some of my teachers gave me a C because I was nice. I was a sweet girl. And I didn't, whenever I brought home a C, my father didn't say, oh, Lisa, you could have done better. See, because I'm not a fast learner. I'm a thorough learner. So I need to, I need, anybody else? Yes, yes? Okay. I need to hear it several times. I need to look at every angle of it, right? I need you to repeat it to me. I need to repeat it to you. I need to touch it. That's just, I'm a kinesthetic learner. And school goes a little fast for that experience. And so I I struggled all through school, all through school. The last time I took an English class, I got a fail. And my English teacher said, Lisa, you have to be the weakest writer that I've ever met in my entire life. Don't worry. Did you guys know I have a bestseller that's out right now? It's called Abundance Now. She has a copy. So does my English teacher. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Other people's opinion of you is none of your business, right? And so so I, I, I... I, I sat inside my life. The last time I took a speech class was in my, was in my, my freshman year of college, which I don't want to mislead you. That was also my senior year of college. <laughs> and my, my speech teacher said, Miss Nichols, I recommend you get a desk job and you never speak in public. I said, okay, yeah. Let me tell you something. 
Some of your fears come out of something someone said about you. Some of your best motivation came wrapped in sandpaper. Some of your best motivation didn't come wrapped in love and, and came with warm cookies and milk. It came wrapped in sandpaper. It came wrapped in thorns. It came wrapped in that divorce. It came wrapped in a loss of a loved one. It came wrapped in something that didn't work. Some of your best motivation that you needed, some of the best lessons that you need to learn came wrapped in sandpaper. Yes, yes? Yes, yes? yes, yes? yes. Your job is to take the information, to take the lesson and to take the opportunity and use it to fuel you, not make you afraid. Yes, yes? I look at my life, and for 18 years, I wouldn't touch a microphone. I wouldn't do anything near speaking. As much as I love speaking, I was afraid. Say afraid. afraid. I was afraid of being judged. Anybody there? Come on. One hand up. If you're really afraid of being judged, two hands up. Some of you need to do two hands up and stand up. Come on. You know, if that's that thing that drives you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was afraid of being judged. And this conversation today is about confronting your fear, confronting your fear. And I remember for years, I wouldn't speak. People would say, God, you should be a speaker. I said, no, 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 no. My teacher told me, my teacher said I shouldn't speak in public. And he's a speech teacher. He knows better. And so I got a job in accounting. Because that was far from numbers. I mean, far from people, close to numbers. I was kind of far from the numbers. And today I do revenue streams and things very well. But back then, debits and credits, I could care less. I was in accounting for seven years. Anybody in accounting here? Pray for you. I was horrible at it. I was in, I was in collections. I, I want to be liked too much to be in collections. Like, my ultimate goal is that people love me. So I'm in collections. I'm calling people, telling them they have to pay. They're telling me that they can't pay. My child is in college, I can't pay. And I go, oh, okay. Well, you know what? Since you can't pay, and I know you can't pay because I believe that story is a good story, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm not only going to zero your balance out, I'm going to take you off the list. So my supervisor calls me into the office, and she said, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was about 23. I said, I, th I thought it was a test of my commitment to the company. I said, I want to be the best accounts receivable manager ever. And I, I swear I saw her cringe. And she said, mm, I don't know. She says, I give you a list of 120 people to call, and when I get it back, there's like 89. I don't know what's happening. I said, oh, don't worry, I'm doing you a favor. I'm taking off everyone who can't pay. She says, people are asking for you when they call. I said, I aim to please. Yes, yes? She said, this is a collection company. They shouldn't be asking for you. She said, I have to release you to find your dream. I said, release me to find my dream. Do I... Do I clock in tomorrow and look for it here? She said, no. And so I got fired. 22 years later, I walk out on stage in front of 3,300 women. And this woman, when my sizzle reel was playing, me on Oprah, Larry King, this woman's in the, in the front row and she's crying. And all while I'm speaking, all while I'm speaking, she's crying. And I go, you know, I can, I can bring up a few tears. 
but I, I'm like, haven't even gotten started yet. <laughs> She's crying. Like, I don't know. So then afterwards, I'm signing autographs, about 280 people in line, I'm signing autographs, and she's crying the entire time. And after about 70 autographs, I go over to her and I said, excuse me, ma'am, you've been crying for like two and a half hours. Why are you crying? She said, because 22 years ago, I released you to find your dream, and you found it. That was the same woman who fired me. <laughs> Yes, yes? So that very thing. So look fear in the face. And then stand on the edge. Hold fear. Don't wait for the fear to leave you. Hold fear in one hand and passion in the other and leap. Leap. Because only th one of three things are going to happen. One, you're going to fly. Two, you're gonna fall and hit something soft. Or three, you'll fall and hit something hard and need a Band-Aid. <laughs> Either way, you've been built to last. Either way, you'll get up and do it again. Either way, you'll play full out. Yes, yes? yes, yes. Either way, you'll show up. Yes, yes? Yes, yes? Either way, we'll get the best version of you. Yes, yes? yes. Either way, it's your time right now. You assume you have forever. I'm saying you need now. Yes, yes? yes, yes. I'm saying be radical enough. Be outrageous enough. Be unapologetic enough to hold fear in one hand and passion in the other and leap anyway. Yes. I'm asking you, are you willing for the sake, not just for you, but for the person who's sitting in that dark corner and when you let your light shine, and you pass by them, your light for a moment lightens up their corner, just enough for them to see themselves. Just enough for them to recognize I'm still in the game. And so I wanna share this with you. When I, called my, when I was called to be on the Oprah show, I remember the night before, I, was afraid because Oprah's team had come to interview me. And in the interview, I shared something that I didn't expect to share. I shared one of my darkest times in my life. And I was being featured on Oprah as the teacher of the secret. And so it was an expert, expert. And I wasn't comfortable with what I shared and being called an expert. I just want to stay inside those moments that cause you to slow down. Do you know what I mean? And the night before I was packing to be on the Oprah show, I was so riddled with fear. I'm crying. It should be the happiest time, but I'm crying because I'm afraid of being judged. Say judged. Judge. And that will hold so many of us back, the fear of being judged. That will hold so many of us. That will cause you not to leap. When you become more concerned with other people's perception of you than you are of your own truth. Yes yes. yes, yes. Yes, yes. I got caught up in the 56 million people that would watch me on Oprah. I got caught up in their perception of me, what they would think of me if they knew that the expert from The Secret was going through that or had gone through that. And so I called one of the few people that I can call at 4.30 in the morning because I stayed up all night 
And I called my friend and I said, I'm so nervous, I'm so afraid. And he says, oh, let me pray for you. And he said a prayer that shifted everything from me. And I just want to pass it on to you. He said, God, thank you for helping your imperfect child to serve your imperfect children. And in that moment, everything shifted. In that moment, I realized that in my imperfection, I'm perfect for you. I'm, in my imperfection, I'm perfect for you. In climbing over my fears, in climbing over my, my discouragement, in climbing over my issues, in that, I'm perfect for you. And so there's not one thing you can be afraid of that doesn't make you perfect for us. Not one thing. Not one thing you can go through. Not one thing you can come through. Not one thing you can be on your way to that doesn't make you perfect. Say perfect. perfect. Say perfect. Perfect. To do that thing that you've been designed to do, to say that thing you've been designed to say, to bring that experience that you've been called to bring, you are perfect. Say perfect. perfect. In your imperfection. Say imperfection. imperfection. When you become perfect, really, we no longer can relate to you. So are you willing to go to the edge and hold fear in one hand and passion in the other and leap? Are you willing? I just stopped by to disrupt any form of mediocrity. I stopped by to make it uncomfortable for you to live in complacency. I stopped by to remind you of your greatness. Please stand up. Put everything down. Empty your hands. If you haven't noticed yet, I'm here to talk to your soul and your heart. I don't even know if you know how to take notes for this conversation. You're like, what do I, what do I write down? Well, you just feel this one. You can write on the next one. You just feel this one. This is a soul cellular level conversation. So I want you to stand up straight. I want you to own the conversation. I want you to repeat after me, but I want you to understand that these are not my words. These are your words. I was just asked to bring them to you so you can say them to yourself. I stand here. In my greatness, I own my light. I own my brilliance. I am bold. I am courageous. I'm perfect in my imperfection. This is my time. This is my time. I'm bright enough. I'm old enough. I'm young enough. I've experienced enough. enough. I'm wise enough. enough. I understand understand that I I am am enough. enough. Breathe. Own it. Own it. Now repeat after me. I accept accept my fear. fear. But my fear fear will be in the car with me. me. But it will not. Be in the driver's seat. Breathe it in. 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 Just breathe it in. Let it settle. This is not an experience that I'm entertaining you with. Own it at a cellular level. At a cellular level. Repeat after me. I am ready for my next best season. Because I know know that I am the author author 
of my autobiography. I am the designer of my own destiny. I am writing my life story. And I'm writing a life story that I'm going to love reading. And others will be inspired by. On one page, they'll read my fear. And on the next page, They'll know I did it anyway. I commit to hold fear in one hand. Put up your hand. Hold it. Hold it. I commit to hold fear in one hand and passion in the other and leap and leap and leap every time. Every time. I ask that each of you Hold me accountable accountable to my contribution on this planet. planet. Turn to someone and say, don't let me off the hook. Don't let me off the hook. So, so in closing, stay standing, stay standing. In closing, in closing. Time is up that fast. In closing, my grandmother, used to, my grandmother still says, she's 87, she, she um, celebrated her 87th birthday about, um, about eight days ago. She came to A-Fest when it was in Maui. Um, was anyone in Maui and met my grandmother? It was a while ago. You met my grandmother in Maui? Well, my grandmother, I brought her on stage, and um, as she waves, she does a little float wave. <laughs> And uh, I said to everyone, you can talk to my grandmother afterwards. I'll be autographing books, and you can talk to my grandmother. And afterwards, after my grandmother talked, everyone had, there was a line to talk to my grandmother. She sat in a little chair, and everyone came up to her, much like they went to, to Vishen's mom. And, um, and afterwards, my grandmother and I were in the suite, and she said, baby, you're very popular. <laughs> Listen, she said, but I think grandma was a little pop- more popular than you this time. <laughs> I'm not comparing, but my line was a little longer than yours. (laughs) My grandmother says that when you get her age, and I bought her this amazing rocking chair that she loves, she said, when you get my age, baby, you're supposed to sit in your favorite rocking chair and share the story of your life with your children and your grandchildren and the neighbor's children and anyone who wants to listen. She said, but when you're your age, your age, you're supposed to make sure that the story's going to be damn good to share. I love you guys. Yes, yes. Time to get paid. Time to get paid. Time to get paid. Time to get paid. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. Every single way. Every single way. Every single way. Every single way. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day.